podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at labbrooks.com. Hello, good evening, welcome wherever you are around the world to this week's edition of the Spurs Show. Thank you so much for downloading us again. Uh, a lot to talk about tonight, obviously, and uh, thankfully two two guys who I know will have a, hopefully a lot of positive things to say to counter my negative things. Um, joining us this week, uh, firstly, author of many fine books on Tottenham Hotspur, including The Boys from White Hart Lane and The Glory Glory Nights, and also, are you head of the Tottenham Hotspur Trust? Co-chair. Co-chair. Co-chair of the Supporters Trust. Co-chair of the Supporters Trust. There he is, Mr. Martin Cloak. Hi, nice to be back. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. And a man, my God, we could have done with him at the weekend, threading some little intricate balls through to the fo- uh, one forward. Some long-range shooting as well was uh, was needed at the weekend. Mickey Hazard returns again. Good evening, guys. Nice to see you. Thanks, thanks nice for joining you. us again. Um, well, so well, let's talk about the game, which is still raw in the memory. Uh, Stoke City becomes sort of a bit of a voodoo, a hoodoo team for us of uh, of late. Tunnel up, cruising. It all went wrong again. Um, Martin. Um, what, were your, what was your sort of take on the team performance? It was better than last year's. Uh, yeah, it was, it was better. It was better than last um, year's. I thought that I'm going to sound like a horrible apologist now. I thought that for 65 minutes mm. uh, we were really very good indeed. I thought Dembele yeah. had one of his best games in the, in a position that he should be playing in for uh, a long time, uh, and I thought at the start of the second half uh, and. You know, without going into the negative stuff, first of all, let's say the football has not been the most interesting I've mm. ever seen at White Hart Lane in the past couple of years. But mm. I thought it was much more entertaining in that first 15, 20 minutes of the second half yeah. than it's been for a long time. We were playing some imaginative stuff. And I think mm. what we've lacked is a bit of imagination and creativity. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, it all went wrong. And I think it goes down to, you know, that kind of lack of belief probably comes back in again when, when something goes against us as well. Mm. But the, the odd thing about it was that there's all the focus on, you know, was it, was it the one striker ever been let down up front? Should we have done our transfer business early? Mm. Why did we concede two goals in that game? Because we couldn't defend properly. Mm. What, where do we do our business early in defence? So work that one out. <laughs> Very you know? true. Very true. Mickey, what was your take on the sort of overall team performance? I pretty much agree with Martin. I thought for 65 minutes we played ever so well. Got ourselves 2-0 up front. Um, some great play, entertaining. It was played at a tempo that I, I liked. Mm. Um, you know, far too often in the last year or two we've played, uh, particularly at White Hart Lane, we've played with a very, very slow tempo and mm. enabled invi- and invited teams to come at us. Um, and for 65 minutes there was a great tempo to our play. We looked threatening and it could have so easily have been 3 or 4 nil. It wasn't. Uh, then we made a couple of substitutions and I felt like, well, we took off Harry... Uh, Obviously, the reasons he wasn't fit, he hasn't played enough, hasn't trained enough pre-season. And Ryan Mason, who I felt had had a really good game, was getting forward with pace and and, and quality uh, and looking dangerous. And that was keeping their midfield away from us. We then brought Bentaleb on, who's just sat in front of the back, uh, the back four, which then invited them a little bit too deep for my liking. Yeah, we're, we were quite. Yeah, deep invited them forward onto us. And then we give the most stupid of penalties away to, to welcome them back into the game and they took full advantage of it. So, yeah, lots of positives for 65 minutes, but, you know, we need to address the problem. I think, I think the same happened at Manchester on the previous Saturday when I, I went up there to watch it. 
Um, the same thing happened is that we conceded the goal and then it was almost like uh, we lost confidence uh, uh, and then sat deep and invited them forward and, uh, and consequently they got back in the game. So, I mean, um, Dyer said that though, didn't he, after the, the United game apparently because I was away so I saw the game but I didn't see a lot of the coverage afterwards but I picked up something where Dyer had said that it's after we conceded the goal at Old Trafford because I thought we started really well there great. as well and he said it was he said it's almost as if we lost confidence in our own game plan mm. once once that, that goal had gone in against us and you saw it again uh, I think on on, uh, on Saturday, didn't you? And Absolutely. the other thing that was interesting as well was that you know the player who made the difference was Stephen Island when he came on. And you look at what he did; yeah. it was that positivity of thinking yeah, yeah. and the forward, implementation of that positive thinking pass, as well, and, yeah. which we haven't had for such a long time. Mm. You know, and it's uh, the possession football. And I know that's well as a few rumblings of discontent. It's all very well keeping the ball, but what are you going to do with the ball? And I think there is a question to be asked about that. Absolutely, as well. you need somebody with that positivity, don't you? Mm. Yeah. The, well, the test of a good side, good player, even the test of a good side is is that when everything's unkidori. It's easy to play well. Yeah. It's so easy to go out in the park. The fans are going to sing your name. You're two or three nil up. It's so easy. The test of good team, good players is when the, it goes against you mm. and, and then you have to show some steel, you have to show some character and you have to be able to pull together and, and, and fight and dig until you, you regain the upper hand. And uh, that's in both games. Um, every time I've conceded a goal we've took a backward step and, yeah. and not really come out of it um, although we could have got something at Manchester but on uh, on Saturday we were very fortunate in the end to get a draw um, do you, do you so it's got, a bit more character needed do you think that's got a lot to do again we've banged on about it for years on this show lack of leaders in that team whereby we're a young team I think average age in the starting yeah. team is like 25 again when we concede a goal you want someone there ideally a defender or midfielder who starts pulling people together mm. and geeing them up which we're just I, just, I haven't seen that there for I so long. I think we need a proper leader on the pitch. Yeah, that's no, why I was interested. When we were, I don't know people Sven argue, Bender, well, that, where are they? You can't just go out and buy one, but. Mm. Why not? This has been a problem for a few years. Yeah, it, it has, and uh, there's different ways of leading. I, st- I spoke to Stevie P yesterday about a very similar subject, and uh, you know, Stevie was a leader with his voice. He mm. led through his his work rate, his actions, his tackling, and, and you always felt he was the leader. But but he used Glenn Hoddle was a leader, but he mm. didn't lead through his voice. He didn't lead mm. through his tackling. He led through what he did on his with the ball. Uh, so there was, uh, I was very fortunate to play with many many a good leader, but they led in different ways, and you don't always have to be a leader where a Graham Roberts type mm. you know not everyone can be like that yeah. but you can be a Glenn Hoddle type you can lead through you know, you know I mean one of the best quotes that I've ever heard was Dave Mackay you know captain of the team and every time he used to stop at the dressing room dressing room door and he'd stand at the door and he'd say okay he'd turn around to all the lads and he'd say right listen there's going to be some of you out there today who going to have a bad day you're going to give the ball away the crowd's going to get on your back listen if any of you are in trouble just give the ball to me Mm. I'll sort you out. Mm. I'll bring you back. You know, that's a leader of Dave's type, of Rob Wood's type. That's what they like. But then we had Glenn Odell, who, who was an inspiration when he had the ball. And if he didn't mm. gain confidence when you saw mm. Glenn, you know, so there's different leaders. And that's what we haven't got the loudest and the hardest tacklers like mm. a Roberts and, and, and a Perryman, mm. but we've got good footballers. Unfortunately, we're, we're tr- unfortunately, we're in trouble this weekend. We were giving the ball to Eric Lamella. Uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a shame. Well, so, some of it's nous, though, isn't it? It's not just leadership. Is that you need somebody who's not necessarily a leader, but they've just got a little bit of nous that when it's under pressure, they know the tricks, they know what's got to come up. And I think yeah. that's the problem that we've got with, with the young age of the team. So it's great that people are getting experience, but you need that combination, don't you? Mm. And it's almost somebody like, we were talking about this on Saturday. It's almost, I think the last time we got somebody in to do a job like that was when we signed Edgar Davids. 
few years ago. That was, years, that was ago. quite a few years ago, but that was the kind of experience, yeah. you know, and he was an iconic player as well, but he had yeah. that experience, he had the nous. He wasn't yeah. there for that long. He was towards the end of his career, yeah. but yeah, he, he had something to contribute. And he lifted the crowd. He yeah, yeah, it's actually it's a great crowd as well. It's a great point that you make because when I was a kid breaking through into the team, every t- every day of the week we would play Olens v Jungens, mm. right? Now, mm. we were all young and enthusiastic and talented and we used to go out and we used to play and at the end of the game we'd lose every week mm-hmm. in the five sides, eight sides because the experience would always beat us, the verbals, they'd wind us yeah, up, yeah. they'd get us going, they'd know exactly where to position and, and to play us and, and, and we lost every single game and yet we it. were so talented and gifted um, and we played with no fear but we didn't have the know-how yet mm. and that's a good point that you make that there's in a year or two maybe we will have the know-how when the young players get more more know-how but at the minute we haven't quite got enough mm. Mm. I mean I'll take your positives you both said you, you know we played well for 65 minutes to play devil's advocate for a second you could also argue in those 65 minutes Hugo Luis pulled off a couple of great saves yeah. Juve had a point blank header uh, should have scored didn't we you know we were still stoke even when you know, we, we were the better team you could argue mm. we're still creating chances and i think second half i thought you know they really overran us i thought and that to me was a, mm. a concern what do you think at the moment i know it's two games gone we understand that what do you think so far of, of the, the new centre-back partnering partnership of alderweireld and, and vertonghen have you seen anything there that you like you think will work and gel obviously alderweireld gave away the penalty got too tight to the player didn't have to sort of make a challenge there and obviously the back of the game what do you think of those two so far so far I've been to both games and I've got to be honest I think it it looks good for the future and obviously there's going to be betting in problems mm. you know they've got to learn one another's strengths and weaknesses and learn how to play together um, but there's been good signs and, and to be honest we went to Old Trafford I don't think Old Trafford created a chance in, in the mm. old game other than the goal mm. um, and, and then yeah Saturday um, there was a problem on a, two or three crosses came in mm. they got three mm. headers in the six yard box and mm. luckily for us they headed them straight at Lloris mm. um, I, I, I do sometimes wonder if you know having Lloris as captain mm-hmm. um, is a problem is he too far away from the play when the, you know when it, when the mm. play sort of in between uh, yeah. off wheel line and eight in your boxes is too far to you know because sometimes you can't hear whereas a captain that's involved mm. in the centre of the park or as a centre back he can pull the strings and organise things and and, and 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 be a good good eyes for everyone around them you know Steve I always I said to Stevie yesterday the best captain I've ever seen not only was he a leader in in terms of um, the way pull he had this tactical awareness of what was needed to change the game if it was going against mm. us or even if we were doing great mm. he would still he would still be analyzing the situation weighing it up and then putting things into practice you know on the pitch mm. and that was what Keith did well he gave Steve that sort of freedom to make those uh, changes during the course of a game which yeah. which more or less kept us on top I don't feel at the moment our team has that we can be on top and, mm-hmm. and, and still come away either dropping points like we did Saturday when really it was a comfortable 3 or 4 nil win. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and also just touching on the, the, the full-backs, how you thought Martin Walker and um, Davis did. Personally, I thought it was the best game Davis has had in a... Not that he's had many, mm. but I thought he I thought he had a good game, Davis. You could fault him for both the goals, though, couldn't yeah, you? You could, you're right. Yeah. I mean, big, he did it? have a decent game, and I thought he looked decent the week before as well. Mm. You know, and he, he set up Chadley's goal well. I thought that was really yeah. good. That was right in front of where, where we sit as well, so we had a yeah. good view of that. But I don't know, what, what's that thing that the, 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 the centre-backs seem to do this thing? I didn't notice it as much at Old Trafford, but every time there's a goal kick, they seem to go... 
like in line with each other, diagonally out right. towards the edge of the box. And, and that kind of encouraged. I think I think Luis is a great goalkeeper, but he, the worst part of his game for me has always been his distribution. Mm. Uh, and I think we got in trouble with his distribution well, quite was, a few times. Absolutely. But that seems to invite that as well. And yeah. I don't, I'm not. Well, I've never seen that before. That kind of sort of two right, centre backs going deep. out diagonally. They're all, they're almost on the goal line. They, yeah. go, they go out What's and they drop. If, if they can't get it, they drop deep almost to the goal line. And I think that uh, um, if I was playing against it as, as, as a manager or as a, mm. or as a good captain in the other side, I would be saying, OK, just drop enough to let them get in. As soon as Lloris goes mm. to kick it, you travel and you're pressing straight away. But you're pressing five yards from our goal line. Yeah, you know, I mean... I, yeah. Talk about the pressing. I mean, you know, Pochettino, you know, famously, it's all about the high pressing, uh, pressing the ball. Did you think we did that particularly well at the weekend? The, the, the high pressing and the, you know pressing the ball down and stuff. I don't think we did it as well as we did the week before. Yeah. You know, so, and again, I think we started off well, but I think it goes back to if you're going to play that formation, and again, you know. <laughs> me talking tactics with, with an ex-footballer over here so you know tell, tell me if I'm, I'm wrong but it seems to me that one of those players in that midfield two that plays in front of the back four has almost got to operate in a triangle with the centre-backs as well so they've got to come back to pick the ball up and they've also got to be looking to distribute it and you really need that sort of player that we were talking about with experience or now so you know a combination of both who's going to pull the strings there but they give the centre-backs an option as well if you're going to play that kind of football because Vertonghen and Alderweireld are both ball-playing defenders aren't they as well so there's no other big old sort yeah. of you know cliched English kind of lumpy centre-halves they're just going to kind of hoof the ball but what we haven't got you know it's a very very young midfield combination mm. that, that we put out in both the games and we haven't got I, I think that's an absolutely pivotal role almost yeah. as important as, as another forward really even if not more important because that's what will make it tick and I wonder if that's where we're inviting teams onto us so much because we haven't got that that player in that central midfield role who's mm. protecting the defence who's giving them an out who's trying to link up with the forwards as well but, but the thing is again you know last season everyone was going oh the emergence of Mason Mason and Bentaleb mm. this is great we've got two great young keen players mm. I know it's two games and all that Bentaleb didn't have a good game against United no. obviously was dropped mm. uh, Mason came and Ben, you know it, it didn't have much to do you know you couldn't sort of mm. tell whether it was good or bad afterwards you know again as a fan we've been saying for a long time yeah fine they're for the future they're for the future they can play X amount of games but they're not going to play 30 you can't rely on them for 38 games a season mm. so again why I mean we'll talk about the forwards soon why don't you think we've gone out I know he's tried Dyer in that position now why don't you think Pochettino has, has gone to the board and gone I want an experienced battling defensive midfielder who's going to break up play give it then to the creative players why why hasn't that been done yet I, I don't know why it hasn't been done. I, 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 I've got to say that I thought Dia played very well on Saturday. Mm. What I liked about Dia is that when one of the, uh, the centre backs got dragged wide, he then would just drop in from midfield mm. and become the, the, the second centre back. So we, we, we sort of almost felt like we shouldn't get exposed on crosses because yeah. uh, if Vatonian was pulled out or Van der Veel, whatever, yeah. I can't pronounce his name yet, if he was pulled wide, um, Dia just slipped in and became the, the second centre back. So that, that part worked very well. I, I've got to say, if I was. Uh, looking for a player I'd be looking for a playmaker sitting in front mm. of the back four and when you talk about Noose and Noao you know we had Ozzy Ardiles who sat mm. in that position and, and not not the greatest defender actually a lot better defender than Pete would ever mm. give him credit for but he wasn't that earth shuddering tackler he wasn't someone who could win great balls in the air but he was very clever in his play but also when we had the ball he gave us such an outlet and so then fed other players like myself and like Glenn and like Ricky who could mm. then do some damage so that's what I feel that we're missing is, is a, a midfield playmaker who will bring 
this jigsaw together. Johan Kubai springs to mind. Javi, Javi, Javi for me would have been a fantastic signing for the last year. You know, he's 35, yeah, but he's still a great player. Paul Scholes played till he was 38 in the Premier League, so it can Mm. be done. Mm. Javi, someone like that, of that quality, who brings it together. At the minute, we're, we're sort of a good side who are looking to develop into a great side, but we need someone who can just piece it all together, mm. that playmaker, that, you know, that quarterback, someone like that. Modric quickens the tempo up when it needs to be quickened up and slows it down when you're under the cosh. He gets on the ball, he's confident, he just keeps the ball. And, and while you've got the ball, they're not on the attack. And on Saturday, for instance, last 10 minutes, we just needed someone to get the ball Give it, get it back. Give it, get it back, and just slow it mm. and take this thing out of the game when we're under pressure. Mm. That's what uh, I feel we need at this moment in time—an experienced player who who not just can defend and organise, but also can play. What about Dembele? Could he kind of play that role? Because I mean, last season when he did play, he played deeper. As fans, we all think he should play further up front, which he's done this season. It's, we've got so many players that it looks like the manager doesn't quite know. Mm. I where think, think Dembele potentially could um, and when he, when he was first playing for us the thing that was noticeable about him is that for the first time in quite a while we had a player who was prepared to take people on mm. rather than pass it in front and walk around and he, you know he, he was almost we used to have this kind of joke about it you know he would, he'd almost go okay I've got a ball now out of my way mm. I'm heading for the penalty area and he would brush people out of the way mm. just like that as well but he seems to have lost a little bit of that as well now and it, it's again there is a lot of there's a lot of sideways that's going on and a lot of that kind of possession and safety and you just feel that you know you need someone that's going to try and run at players and play those diagonal balls through look for the space as well the but problem then is he, he's, got, he's got this system has he Pochettino he's got the, this 4-2-3-1 which yeah. seems to be quite rigid and almost that is a problem when that whole plan B when you need to change a game during a game but he, he played a 4-3-3 for quite a while at the end of his time at Southampton didn't he and I know there's, there's a fairly subtle change between that 4-2-3-1 and a 4-3-3 as well but he, he does I'm not quite sure he's as rigid as people think I mean I, I personally I always think two strikers up front and I think if we have two strikers up front I think Ericsson's best position is in the hole behind Absolutely, him as well but I then that's both. a completely different formation, yeah, no, isn't yeah. it? And, you know, thankfully, I'm not managing the team because I think we might be in trouble then. So. Oh, not thankfully. <laughs> I'd like to. <laughs> well, no, I know, well, I know, people, be better say, I know people say I, I, formations don't win games, players. Play, play, I understand players wins that. games, but formations, uh, part of creating a, a, a formation, you should form your formation how it works best for your players mm. uh, I don't think Dembele could play in front of the back four I don't think no. he's disciplined enough I don't think he's got yeah. enough know-how um, when the opposition's got the ball even though on Saturday I thought he worked incredibly hard I've never mm. seen him work so hard defensively mm. to win the ball back if he gave it away he worked he was instantly off to win it back so I was very pleased with them but I don't think he's got the know-how mm. uh, quite to be that defensive forward, sitter but also the playmaker as well when he's further forward and he uses his power and his strength and his skill he's he's much more of a threat it was nice to see him having shots at goal on Saturday yeah, as well was. which too often he, he, he beats two or three players and then rolls it across to the left back yeah. on Saturday he was looking to have a go and, and was unlucky not to score so yes we need someone just sitting in front of the back foot who can do a, a sort of a Stevie P role if you like mm. but make the play too mm. I mean obviously it's today's August the 17th there's two weeks left the transfer window many people argue the transfer window just shuts as the first game of the season starts which would have you know completely buggered us but we had this awful situation on Saturday we're, we're, every week we're moaning we need to get strikers mm. in Soldado's finally gone Adebayo probably never put, doesn't have a squad number we'll never play for Spurs again we went into our first home game of the season with one recognised striker 
supposedly he was uh, tired and was taken off and we effectively played 20 minutes of the first home game without a striker yeah, forced full stop formation, wasn't it? Yeah. you know which is I mean I know we, we did it when Scott Parker joined Spurs a few years ago I mean we lost to Man City 4-5 at home yeah. we played 2-3 games without us doing all our business why or why is this happening again? I mean, I understand about you want to do deals, but the very fact now is two weeks ago and everyone knows we're looking for a striker. Mm. We're not going to get any bargains. Bohina has gone from supposedly 20 million to now they want 25, knowing that we're now desperate to get someone else in. We've, we've got this Clinton uh, giant from Leon, Fantastic, great, young player, um, well talked about. But again, he's 22, he's a young player, he's not a regular in a Lyon team. You can argue the French League is nothing like the Premier League. Mm. So he's, he's another unfinished article. Well, why again isn't our business done early, Martin? <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's difficult, and I'm going to sound like a horrible apologist now, but I, I, it is a frustration, and one of the most frustrating things is if you look at the number of points that we've lost in August over mm. the past few seasons and the number of points we miss out in the Champions League by, there's a little bit of a theme that develops there. There's a bit of a connection. Um, and and I, I get the point that in terms of our financial firepower and our, our kudos as a club, we're not going to compete with the so-called Big Four or possibly Liverpool as a, as a kind of global business. But we're one of the top six clubs in the country. So sometimes you, what you want the people running the club to be able to do is say to people, all right, we might not be the best club in England at the moment, but if you join us, you can help us to be the best club. So let's have you know a bit of ambition. You could be a legend or whatever. And that's, you know, could we have kept Berbatov by saying that all, all those seasons ago? So it is frustrating, but I also think it's quite easy to say a striker and a Defensive midfielder are probably the two most difficult players to recruit, decent ones as well. Who is out there that we're going to get? Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing us sign James Milner, for example, to play in a different role, obviously not up front as well. I think most Spurs fans would have said, oh, well, what's that? That's not very ambitious. I thought that Danny Ings could have done a good job for us. I think that Charlie Austin would be good. I don't think most Spurs fans would like that. Berahino seems to be the number one target. West Brom, we're young, never going to sell him to us you know, before uh, the end of the transfer window. That was never going to happen because they're going to look for the bargain as well as we're going to look for the bargain. So I kind of want to say, because it's really easy, you know, the board are completely useless. They should have gone and signed somebody we've known for ages. We needed a striker. And there is a bit of responsibility that they need to take. But also, I don't think it is as easy as just say, it's not football manager. It's not as easy as saying, okay, we'll have that one and we'll go out and buy him. But I go back to, again to what striker do you want to buy? Right. And then, you know, I'd love to sign Lionel Messi and Marco Royce. I think that's probably a little bit beyond what we can do at the moment. So who realistically do you want to buy? Uh, who could we get hold of? And suddenly yeah. the numbers dwindle, the available targets dwindle as well. But there's also a disconnect between who the manager might want and the board going, no, we want to resell value. We want our young players in, build them up. I don't up. think that's happening as much uh, anymore. I don't think that's don't happening think as much anymore. Happening. I, I, look, look, sometimes the market dictates that you can't get someone signed at the time that you want to sign them. You know, people always say to me, you know, when you build a house, you build from the, you know, the, the, the structure at the bottom and, the, and then in the end you put the roof on. But sometimes when you're building a team, for instance, sometimes the centre forward comes up before you centre backs or before your full backs. So you can't build from the footings. You have to build from the roof first. You know, Klinsman, for instance, would we have said no to Klinsman when Ozzy signed Klinsman? Of course, we needed defenders at that time. More, more so, we had Bombay and, and Sheringham. And so we, we were decent up top. Um, well, we were good up top, but, you know, he, came, he became available. Do we say, no, we're not, we're not having Klinsman because we want 
to wait for two defenders to come through. So it's about when they become available as but, well. But, but surely you you know you buy players that will improve the team and are better than you've already got in that position. Now any Spurs fan can see over the last year or so. Let's face it, most strikers would be better than Soldado. Lovely guy, gave his all, didn't work. You know sometimes doesn't work at clubs. Didn't work. Added by all we know was never going to play for a long time. So anyone we're going to bring in has got to be better than what we already had. Whether that's Berahino or Lorente or... Because Soldado, for instance, has scored numerous goals in Spain in a a very, very good level. Um, So he looked a very good player. In actual fact, he is a very good player. And nobody said at the time that's a bad buy. No, that's right. He's a very, very good player. It just didn't work out somehow. The system of play that we played didn't quite suit him. Uh, Being the lone striker, he wasn't... uh, that type of player uh, but he was a good player and I think he will be a good player and, and I actually think he had to leave Spurs to actually rediscover himself because so so much had gone down with him at Spurs that it was almost like he was fated not to score a goal mm. at a buy or on the other hand I feel like well we should have let him go two years ago should have got rid of him then um, took what we could get um, I think mm. his commitment and um, you know someone who's clearly I, I, I don't know him so it's difficult to, to judge him as a person but it strikes me as anybody who's happy not playing um, and, and, and isn't pushing himself forward to play um, doesn't strike me as the type of player that you would want at your club um, but it, it, again who becomes available at the time that you need someone you then have to be patient and you wait and, you, and you're patient and, and we might get Bur- Barahino, yeah. we might get whoever by the, the end of the window, mm. but it's going to suit them when they sell and not. But, they, but if, if it is Barahino and it's you know the press is sort of mm. saying all oh, what's going to happen, it might be happening. Mm. They've already bought this Rondon, they've already got a, a replacement mm. in, and you sort of think. I mean, again, looking at our system, let's say Barahino does come in this week, next week, is he therefore going to start with him and Kane? Or will he change the system? I mean, well, that's the, the one other thing, thing that I do hope is that I hope we f- we sign the opposite to Kane. I mean, the, mm. the danger is, and you mentioned Austin earlier and Danny Ings and and people like this. The, the big problem I have is that I don't want two centre forwards who are the same. You know, mm. Austin I feel like is a is a is a lesser that's Harry Kane, and if we sign them both, then we're not giving us sort of different options while we're out on the park I always say let's sign the opposites and you know Danny Harry likes to drop off and break from midfield and play and he's strong and he's powerful let's get someone who's lightning quick who's nimble who's quick footed uh, who get makes runs in behind all day long you know and, and, and that then gives Harry the space to drop mm. off come on that's, that's like on Saturday he dropped off he a fantastic yeah. ball to Ryan Mason yeah, unlucky not to score yeah. that's Harry's mm. what part of Harry's strength we don't want another player who plays like Harry we want the mm. opposite if you look through history the, the most successful partnerships up top you know you, you you go to Toshak and Keegan, complete mm. Russian Dalglish, Crooks and Archibald, Archibald and mm. Crooks, and, and and you look at and, and they're opposites. And mm. I, I don't mm. want another Harry Kane. Mm. I want an opposite to Harry Kane. But, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think I, I can't ever see us going with like with, with a two up front with any variation mm. on that. I think it's either going to be four two three one or four three three. And so what he's looking for is people that can play across that forward line. Uh, you need somebody who can who can step in if Harry's not able to play for whatever reason but you've got that I might eat my words on this but this new lad that we signed Hillary from um, Hillary Clinton um, <laughs> that's what we're calling him in the South Stand anyway um, <coughs> 
he looks a little bit more like the finished article than people are, are giving him credit for. And again, I'm not professing to be a big expert, and I've not really picked up on him beforehand mm. in my vast kind of scouting experience as well. Stuff that I've read and a couple of clips that I've seen, he looks quick, he looks intelligent. And again, right, stats are just stats. His stats are second to Ibrahimovic alone in France in terms of shots on target, dribbles into the box, all the rest of it as well. So, you know, what does a stat mean? It just means what it means, doesn't it? I think he might be a little bit more for now than people are saying. It was like, oh, this is another one for the future. I don't know, you know, it's come back at the end of the season and say what an idiot Martin Clote was. He said that, you know, that lad Hillary was going was gonna to step right into the first team. But Any players still in the current squad that you'd still look at shipping out and trying to get some money back on to, you know, maybe looking ahead and using that money to buy players down the line? I mean, the, the two obvious ones that spring to mind are obviously Lamella, who completely divides the supporters, and the other one maybe is Andrus Townsend, who is not getting a look in, mm. and let's be honest, has been more consistently good playing for England mm. than he has for his club side. I'd be quite sad to see him leave. I mean, I'm starting to think, I think Lamella, you know, Lamella had a bad game when he came on, there's no question about that, uh, and it's been a while, and you would like for him, him to be a bit more further forward in terms of him developing and adapting to the league as well. Um, I think there's a player there somewhere, whether, whether it's going to be for us. But, I mean, that performance on Saturday, it wasn't as much the technical ability. It was the football intelligence. And there was, I'm sorry, but there wasn't any there at all. And that, that, that's the big worry. And what Pochettino wants from his teams, that's where he likes people like Dyer as well, is that they've got that football intelligence as well. So well, I think Lamella is he's on the edge now. I think we've given him quite a bit of a chance. And One of the problems I have with, you know, I, listen, I don't often feel sorry for, for many footballers because they live a... Yeah. I was fortunate enough to be one and, and it's an absolute and total blessed life. I feel like I've lived a life of being blessed I've lived the dream you know so I don't feel sorry for any footballer but in in, in Lamella's case sometimes you know he's a young lad he's, he's he's come to a foreign country he's had to adapt to our culture adapt to a, a new but he's had to do it right in the public eye you know I, I, I'm a great believer in having a reserve team mm. and I think that you know, Lamella and his struggles would have been far, far less if he spent a period of time in our reserves. You, you, yeah. you look yeah. at all the youngsters that break through yeah. in the, in my era anyway. We spent a, a long time playing it. When, now, when you play in the reserves, you get to play with the first team players who are not yeah. in the team but are going to get some uh, fitness in, uh, match practice. Um, and then you get to play against players of the same ilk who've regular first team who's maybe not being selected so they need some match practice so so you learn the game in the reserves playing that you know, and, and, and you get to play with good players and against good players uh, and I don't feel you know Lamella for instance if, if we were to look at Lamella's history at our club how many games has he actually started and finished? Mm. You know, the very few, I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, and, and during that time, we're expecting this young boy, clearly a talented individual, but not hacking it at the minute in the English Premier League. Mm. But how many games has he had to adapt truly? You know, some you know we look at some players that take some top top players take some six months to a year to adapt to the the pace and and, and com- competitiveness of the English Premier League. Lamella hasn't really had that. He's not and, and Soldado. I wonder He's if they were playing in our reserve a system yeah. in the days when I was a reserve when we we played in the reserves. That would surely help them um, one settle into the club and get used to the, the the pace and the tempo of the game in the English and the and the style of play. Style of play over here is different. To anywhere else in the world which you just use in the Europa League as we did last season mm. where you can argue he had his best games in the time but ultimately the Europa, the Europa League 
it, it doesn't uh, sort of copy the English Premier League. No, so no. when he's playing in the Europa League, he's maybe more comfortable because it's played at a, at a pace and tempo that he is unable to adjust to. When he plays in the English Premier League, it's a totally different ball game altogether, and he's not really had enough time. Mm. You know, people say, well, he's been here two years. Well, yeah, but in two years, how many consecutive mm. games has he played to adapt his talents to the pace and tempo and competitiveness of the English Premier League? So in some ways, I have a little bit of sympathy for him because, you know, it, it's a big gamble to play him. If we're going to give him 20 games to get used to it, then you, you might carry him as a passenger, as well, we did on and Saturday. And that's maybe where the intelligence thing comes in. Once he's used to it, then can he really... That's right. So by, by having a running a reserve, it's a catch-22, mm. but if you mm. add a reserve game, he would be learning the, the English game, the temp... Because the reserves is the same as the first team I played in it, you know, and uh, it, it was exactly the same, and you played with and against good players, and, and he would have had time to adapt. So when he came into the first team, he was, he was more understanding of it and more expectant of what's about to happen so um, I feel a little bit sorry for him because he hasn't had that 20 game run to and not did Soldado uh, yeah. to adapt to, to the pace and, and competitiveness of our game mm-hmm. so it's not really working is it because we're both being the voice of reason we've got to dig someone out I'll tell you what the ball boy in front of me on Saturday <laughs> was a disgrace exactly. <laughs> were great. terrible handling of the ball um, before we look, look uh, ahead to the game of the weekend uh, a few reminders um, if you click the link uh, on this show description uh, you can sign up with Labbrooks uh, use the link and that will give you a free bet up to £50 when you um, register a new account. Uh, we'll also put the links on our Facebook page and Twitter feed. And end of each week, we do a little sort of uh, betting special for you. This, this week, I actually predicted 2-1 and obviously was a bit annoyed that didn't come off for us. And there's still just enough time to join the Spurs Show Dream Team League. Uh, there's about 200, 300 of you already part of our Spurs Show League. Go to dreamteamfc.com, uh, register the team for free, uh, uh, and then join our league by entering the pin number 83915241. And a couple of weeks' time, there'll be a spy, uh, assigned Spurs shirt to one of you that has uh, signed up and is playing that league uh, with us. Uh, this weekend, um, bizarrely, we're playing team top of the league. Uh, um, uh, Leicester City. Um, you would have said before the season, when you look at the fixes, you go United probably lose Stoke win Leicester win we go into this game now without a win and playing a team who are flying high at the moment it's going to be a tough game again isn't it yeah, no, it's going to be, a t- you know, if, if you look at Leicester, they're going to play the typically English way. They're going to be blood and thunder at your pressure. You know, bit the, one of the reasons why Lamella sort of fails in the English game, mm. this is what we're going to encounter on Saturday. And it's how well we cope with that type of um, work rate, that type of desire, that type of passion, um, and how well we can assert our game on them. Um, but I think, I've got to be honest, I, I, I can't imagine any Spurs team ever going to Leicester and feeling um, that you're not going to win the game. Of course, there's been periods where we haven't won there, but mm. in general, I would expect us to go there and win. And if and if we play any, any way at any sort of tempo like we can play, then for me, it's three mm. points. I, I can't, I could never predict a Leicester win full mm. stop. I just mm. couldn't because we are a better team. We've got better players. And as long as we approach it right with and play at the right tempo, then we'll come away with three points. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't be all glass candlesticks and no knickers, can it? We need, we need a bit of substance up there as well. And yeah. I think, you know, we, we kind of go on about, uh, you know, the sort of the, the traditions of Spurs or whatever, and all, you know, it's going to be wrong. But I think that this is usually the point where most fans are going, 
is it going to turn really bad now? And we'll pull a result out. Um, I'm not amazingly optimistic because Leicester, they're quick, they're intelligent, they're powerful, they're ambitious, uh, they play at a high tempo as well. So all of those things that we don't seem to be able to cope with. But in the end, you've got to say, if you look at the players that we've got uh, and what that team is capable of doing, we should be able to get a result there. It would be nice to have another yeah. strike, at least on the bench. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. If we need to then, you know, if we do go behind again, and, or well, I'll say behind compared to the, the first mm. away game, to sort of give us some more options. And that's the thing, again, you know, the, the bench, when you look at this, this, this squad and you look at what's on the bench, there's, there's never many players on that bench who go, oh, he can, he can come on mm. and turn a game. That's, that's also a worry. So again, there's a lot of quite samey midfielder type players yeah. in there. That, that's a slight concern but I, I take your optimism and I hope uh, he, 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 I mean <clears throat> he's got to turn it around I mean we said the end of last season some of the shows were we looking forward to this season when mm. we were again very positive the young players coming through we all said what if we don't win a game in the first five games the pressure is really on him I think it's okay. really important not to get carried away I mean we've gone to Old Trafford first game of the season yeah. 25 minutes we absolutely played them I, I honestly believe Erickson Eric, sticks that chance away where he put over mm. the bar from six yards yeah. we win the game comfortably we were so mm. dominant at that stage we then gave a silly goal away uh, lost it in the middle of the park you know I always say don't give the ball when you building your play when you're trying to thread passes through and create that's the time to give it away but when you're building in your own half and across the centre line if you give it away then you've all spread because when you've got the ball you spread you make the pitch bigger longer wider uh, and give it away then you don't really have time to sort of regroup and get back together so um, but other than that it was a game that I've, I, you know, I watched it live. I was up there and, and, and I genuinely felt that we should have come and we're winning the game. So we've gone to Old Trafford, a team where you know, we question whether we're good enough when we play against the big boys. We've mm. gone there and we've outplayed them. We've come to Stoke at home and for 65 minutes we're worthy winners and mm. very, very comfortable winners and then somehow managed to chuck it. Um, so maybe for two-thirds of the season so far, We've been a good side mm. who should have maybe got at least four points from the two games, mm. um, but somehow managed to end up with one. But it was down to our bad play in the end. Um, so let's not get too negative about it. We're two games into the season, a season where we've probably dominated two games at least for 130 minutes of the 180. So I don't feel despondent. I feel very confident that we are going to turn it and we are going to start winning games and winning them well because so far I've seen lots of positive signs a few negative ones particularly when we concede I haven't seen that backbone to say let's you know let's dig in and fight for 10 minutes and get control back and then we yeah. can go again you know so I want to see that and, yeah. and, and Saturday we're going to need that mm-hmm. Leicester are going to come with all guns blazing and we need to dig in and fight and then get control of the game and even if they score we haven't got to lose our confidence and belief we've got to keep doing what we do uh, when we're playing well and keep believing in it and, and we'll be fine do you think um, what team would you like to assess would you keep the, the, the 11 that starts if they will fit at the weekend or would you sort of tweak it slightly um, I, I, I'd like to I think Rose is our best left back I'd like to see him back in uh, I think he could do a job for us um, I, I'm not sure that that midfield two combination is, is, is working particularly well mm. um, Either, and I mean, you know, I generally like to see a bit more width on there as well. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see if we play if we play the new lad. You know, if we, I doubt if we would have got Berahino by by the weekend. But if we play 
um, Hillary, as long as I'm going to keep mm-hmm. calling him, this will catch on. Um, then you know, let, let, let's see. But it, it, you just want you want a bit more positivity and a bit more a bit more ambition. And I think you know what what's clear for this season is that for the board, um, for the team, for the manager, uh, and let's for the fans as well, because we weren't fantastic at the weekend. I think you know, and you say it's reflected by what goes on the pitch. But there's no hiding place for anybody anymore. You know, this board's been there for a while. You know, this manager's now got his team. These players have, uh, have played as a unit for a while, so it's time to, to start delivering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've, they've got to take that in there. And so you can take that as pressure, or what a professional does, I think, in any walk of life, is say, okay, this is what I thrive on, I'm going to deliver now, because, you know, it's really what I'm going to show what I'm capable of. Mm. So let's see. And where do you think, uh, look, looking ahead of this season, where do you think, Mickey, we're going to realistically end up in, in the league this season? Um, well, from what I've seen so far... Um, and 18th <laughs> no I, th- I think we're going to finish in the, in the top certainly in the top 6 I don't think there's going to be uh, you know, a better team out there outside of the you know the the, the big 6 but do you see top 4 or are you looking at 5th or 6th um, we're probably going to be looking at 5th or 6th this early in the season and, and certainly we haven't got off to the in terms of points not the best start in terms of performances I think that we've had two decent performances and somehow managed to, to chuck both games yeah. uh, really in yeah. Manchester United we deserve more and, and Stoke we certainly should have got three points so um, I don't see I don't feel negative yet about what's going on I feel I, I feel like there's been lots of positive signs um, there um, I thought Dembele reflected that on Saturday with his work rate and his desire to win the ball back, even off his own mistakes. He was covering, he was running between three players at times to win the ball back. So, so for me, there's lots of good signs, but bad signs too. Bad signs mm. that you know you have to be a lot, lot tougher and show a lot more character when you concede a goal. That's it's where, that centre midfield. Yeah, because that's when you can concede two or three in the games. Then beyond you, you know, concede a goal. You lock up shop. You keep it tight. You fight. You scrap. You mm. get. Every, you, you win that little one. Then you get control again, and then you go again. You know, if you think that okay, we've conceded a goal, you lose belief. You're going to concede two or three, which is what happened in the last 20 minutes Saturday. I think, I think the difference this year, I mean, it's difficult to see beyond the current top four for this year's top four again. So I kind of said a few times, I think we'll probably slug it out for fifth with Liverpool again. But I think what's what's changed this year is that for quite a few seasons, the Premier League has almost been like three leagues, hasn't it? And, the, you know, the top end of that has been so far away for everybody. So if you look at it this year, there's a little group of clubs in the middle, uh, and that's uh, Palace, Swansea, I think you could probably put Stoke in there as well, who play decent football, who can get a result against any of the teams that finished above them either home or away uh, you know if, if things go right for them as well so I think it's going to be a case of where are the points dropped and what's that going to do to the final table because what you've had is the top four tend to beat everybody else and then the title's decided and the players have decided on the results in that mini yeah. league of the top four uh, and I think that could then all, you know it's obviously going to affect the places just outside I mean, as well the, So the form of the other clubs I mean Manchester United have got six points and they've been very very poor in, mm-hmm. in both games I mean um, incredibly fortunate he's changed his system now <coughs> he's not playing the Ferguson type football it's all about pragmatism and mm. not it, losing it, 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 and, well, yeah no it is but ultimately they are not playing very very mm. well and, and in the end if they carry on and, and Chelsea and Chel- team, we're, we're above Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah, yeah. Chelsea we're above Chelsea but that was a uh, fake result so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but they're struggling so, so you know we're talking about Spurs and we've had two decent performances and, and, and I 
Mm. We could have had six points. Manchester United have played mm. poorly and got six points, and Chelsea are struggling. And I, I don't even think Arsenal's played that well. Mm. I mean, I watched the Palace game. I didn't think they they played as well as what people said. That. I thought yeah. they were, you know, if, if when they hit the post Palace, that That's could right. have been a different result. They lost to West Ham. Mm. So I don't think anybody's really City have looked Man good. City, yeah, City have obviously. looked the best of all the top teams. Yeah. Um, so old form isn't as bad as what you know the one point suggests it's far better than that mm. lovely well gentlemen thank you so much Martin and Mickey thank you so much pleasure. for joining thank us you. again pleasure uh, we'll be back next week when we've got Ben Pierce with us and Russ Williams joins us again uh, don't forget all our links to our Facebook page Twitter feeds and uh, the Spurs show iPhone app and a new I think it's going to come out next later on this week the new Android app so if you've got an Android phone uh, you can get that for free all those links at spurshow.net thanks a lot and we'll see you next Sports Social Podcast Network